What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Miss Alika Cooper. Um, I became familiar with her work probably four or five years ago. I started following her painting career and, and watched her work progress. She took the time to sit down for a talk via Skype from her studio in Los Angeles. We talked San Diego, CCAC, Oregon, passion, painting, cinematic elements, European photography, Italy, the desert, process, fabric collage, quilting, the art world, Berlin, and chance versus risk. She's a very interesting painter who managed to stay outside of a, a particular realm of art that a lot of people from my or our generation um, sort of became a part of, and um, I've always sort of looked up to her for that. So, real quick, before we get into the interview, I want to thank two listeners uh, who donated to the to the podcast. Um, Mark Wardwell donated a new Tascam portable digital recorder, which is super awesome. It's going to allow the Live Free podcast to go mobile and record good-sounding quality interviews um, on the road. Also, I just found out this morning that david fisher who has donated to the show in the past with with dollars is also going to be donating his old uh mac pro that's uh a couple years old that he's he's getting ready to update to the new one and heard that it was a possibility that i was just going to go uh get some debt and put it on a credit card and, and pick one up and he was kind enough to to offer his his old one, which is is super rad and is going to clear it all off for me and ship it out. Um, so a big thanks to to Mark and David. Uh, it's, um, it's super appreciated. And if any of you out there would also like to donate something to the show, even if it's not uh, money, which you could do through the blog, things like this work work wonderful too and i'm always uh giving back i'm gonna put together a, a really cool care package for for each of these guys and of course i'd do the same for you uh if you're if you're interested and got something you think that might be good for the show or uh just feel like donating you can you can email me at info at mikemaxwellart.com and we'll uh we'll talk about it and also uh, make sure you go to mikemaxwellart.com and click on the blog and you can check out the information for each guest that's, uh, that's on the show and, and get the links to their website and check out some of the work that they do and, and check out some of the topics that we talk about. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at mikemaxwellart and also the Live Free Podcast has a Twitter at Live Free Podcast. Make sure you go over there and do all that. Go, please go over to the iTunes and subscribe to the show and download the shows from there. Um, that's the, the best way to get the numbers up uh, via the iTunes um, top 200 list. Uh, we're trying to aim for that top spot and uh, really let a lot of people know what's going on in this particular art community that uh, my generation has been working in. So go over there and review the show and, and leave some comments on the iTunes page and uh, all that will be much appreciated. So with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Miss Alika Cooper. Hi. Hey. How are you? Good. 
All right, so let's get into this thing. Thank you very much for doing the show. Uh, we've we've known each other via the internet for a long time, but we've never actually met. Um, first, right out the gate, I want to get you to pronunciate your name for me because I have two options. It could be either like the Eastern European, like Alica, which is where I think it probably is, or it could be Alika, but I think that would be more like African American sounding. Um, yeah, it's, I get a lot of, uh, interesting attempts at it. It's, it's Alika Cooper. Alika. So it is the, it, it sounds almost a little more African American than Eastern European. It's a, it's a common boy's name in Hawaii, I believe. Really? Uh, so Alika Cooper then. Mm -hmm. I've been calling you Alika. <laughs> it's okay. I guess it's the double L, right? <laughs> is it two no, L's? It's one L. One L? Mm -hmm. I can't spell or enunciate. <laughs> where uh, where did you grow up? San Diego, mostly. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's right. We have. Uh, I think that's how we 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 sort of connected. That we both had some sort of San Diego ties. Yeah. <laughs> how long uh, were you in San Diego for? Um, I moved there in first grade, and then I was there until end of high school. And did you did you go to art school? Um, I went to University of Oregon for two years, and then I decided to go to art school, and I transferred to CCAC. It was CCAC then. Were you doing um, Were you doing art already? Obviously, we as young kids, we always make shit. But yeah, I got into it in high school, like drawing, painting, and was uh, did uh, exhibitions in the high school library, and. <laughs> and so you were you went to Oregon with the. Uh with the thoughts of getting a, a regular degree? It was in my head. I mean, I was an art major and I was taking art history and, but I wasn't fully committed to it yet. But after two years, I decided to, I was all in. So, and then you, you transferred all to, uh, a, to art school specifically mm -hmm. after. Did, uh, did you have the inclination of being a full-time artist while you were in Oregon? That's when it started to, started to happen in my brain. Yeah. To, to, to take that on more seriously. Yeah. Was it, do you feel like that environment, were you, what part of Oregon were you in? Uh, I mean, the painting program was really impacted, but I had this really, I got into this one class with this really awesome teacher, uh, Ron Graff, and he was just like all painting all the time, super passionate. And that's, I think that's when I saw that it was like a, you know, like a real thing you can put your life into. Right, because before, if, until you, you sort of see somebody else doing that thing, it's hard to even fathom it being like a, a doable thing. Yeah. So it's, it's funny, like maybe that, that becomes more important for a lot of people who take that risk of being a full-time artist, because the same thing happened to me too. Like I saw people who were making a decent living and doing what they wanted to do every single day. Yeah, yeah, I, I, mean, I remember him talking about like no matter what you always have to have a studio if it's uh you know a closet or you know whatever it has to be a designated space that's a studio in your life or yeah i think uh all my space is all studio and then everything else <laughs> just fits into it you know like my bedroom just happens to coincide with yeah. a little bit of studio space and <laughs> and my <laughs> kitchen which also acts as a recording studio here so what what was uh what was the art school experience like? So once you once you get connected with this the the teacher in Oregon and sort of see this pathway that that's doable, obviously that must open up a big wide world of options for you, right? My my first semester at grad school like was 
I, my, it was so mind blowing. And I was, I felt like I was surrounded by kids who had already been exposed to a lot of, you know, super contemporary art atmosphere. And I had like no, I had like no exposure to that whatsoever growing up. So it was like, it was so much new information. I felt really sheltered. It was, it was funny. You felt sheltered going into it or like you felt like you were coming out of the shelter? So many kids who go to art school are already so uh, contemporary arted out, like went to like art, art high school and stuff like that. Do you think there's, there's a difference between, cause it's like, uh, it's almost like we shouldn't know about like the art <laughs> yeah. world at that young yeah. age, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I felt blessed in that way. Cause I just appreciated it so much. I, you know, I, I assume we're around the same age and it's kind of interesting. Like I've been talking a lot about how like people our age, like our generation had an opportunity to grow up without internet technologies and, and the massive amount of communication mm -hmm. available to young kids nowadays. And if we wanted to appreciate art that was more contemporary, we sort of had to go out and search it. I mean, as yeah, kids, exactly. we weren't we weren't going to museums. At least I wasn't really going to museums. I was in a fairly, you know, in San Diego, it's sort of art cultureless kind of. There's just not a big focus on it being important. And, you know, before the internet, we had to really search for things, like to find them. Now, like kids in high school now are have access to everything. It's uh what what happens with that is I guess it's it's it'll be interesting to see, but it's sometimes that ignorance is bliss thing works out for us. Yeah, I felt I felt like I that was my experience for sure. So once you get done with art school, you you jump right into painting full time. Do you uh, do you stay around the college area? Um, I took uh, I took two years off and was just in Oakland. Um, painting and working and then uh, then I went to grad school two years later you're you're in Los Angeles now right mm -hmm. how long you you've been living there for a few years now how long you... like two two and a half years yeah and you were in the bay for for quite a while before that uh, right almost 10 years yeah yeah I think that's that's probably when I started seeing your work um around when I started showing up there it's funny. People think I'm I'm a San Francisco artist because I show up there all the time. Uh, I'm trying to change that and do more stuff in San Diego, which um, I don't know if you got my email or not, but you sent me that awesome catalog book that I was supposed to oh. give to a gallery, and oh, instead right. I just talked about you <laughs> and said nice things, and and I kept the book. So I'm sorry. So I oh. owe I owe you something. I'll send you my new zine. Okay. <laughs> as a trade, since I since I hijacked it. Um. <laughs> Let's talk about your work a little bit since, since we talked about how you started. I, I noticed a lot of cinematic elements in your work. For instance, like the portraiture is a lot of um, uh, sort of femme fatales from like 80s movies, kind of. <laughs> but like not like cheesy 80s movies, but like uh, uh, sort of like almost like strong women, kind of. Um, and then there's parts of your works that to me almost seem... Um, like could easily be a set like a, a like you could I, I could imagine you doing like movie design like how like designing like a set for some reason because it's like it'll be like you do you do some trailers and some um, like architectural type works mm -hmm. that look like are framed up like a movie screen almost like and there's almost like a tension to it that feels like something is about to happen 
in like one of those like weird frames in a movie that's just like a, a pause in an area that you know like something is about to like come out of the side of the screen or something's about to happen is that mm -hmm. something that's conscious for you in in laying out those sort of juxtapositions well i think i mean i just think as a like a like a like when i was really young i um i had these ideas about like jane fonda and like uh farrah fawcett i had this idea that like I, when I grew up, I was gonna, when I was a woman, that's what I was gonna look like. Like I had this, uh, I thought that I was just, when I became a woman, I, I was just gonna look exactly like Farrah Fawcett and Charlie's Angels. <laughs> like I had this idea of like what I would, what my, what I'd be wearing and my hair, I would have big hair like her exactly. And I just, those images are really strong and I, I don't know, I think I like to, I don't know, kind of play with the tone of the image and make it more personal or make it into something else or so you said you you mentioned that you're getting into photography. Are you are you doing photography? Uh, I mean, I always I, I like to take pictures. Uh, like um, when I, um, I I like to go on road trips um, to places that have kind of personal history significance and take pictures. But um, yeah, I'm looking at a lot of like uh, European like uh, mid century photography. Yeah, you just saw, you just did a residency in Italy, right? It was that that was this year, right? Uh, uh, yeah, it was last, uh, late spring, summer. Mm -hmm. How, what was that experience like? Oh, uh, it, was, it was wonderful. Um, it's actually the second year in a row I've done it. Um, it's like a two months in a really, uh, small village in, uh, this, this, uh, mountain town, like 45 minutes drive north of Naples. And it's, uh, just, uh, it, it's a, <laughs> it's a big empty house with, um, uh, just left to my own devices there. Do you feel like that doing those trips have been an, uh, an influence to, looking at the uh the european photography is 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 you know i i feel like it seems like environment plays a big role in what <laughs> people are making a lot i didn't think of that but um yeah maybe so because <laughs> i i saw in you know i you also had posted some photos of uh out in the desert you know some mm -hmm. like big rock formations and stuff is that is that the type of trips you like to do just like going out into the middle of nowhere and well I mean, yeah, I mean, I growing up in San Diego, I'd go out to um, the desert a lot, like Anza Borrego and stuff. But I liked uh, my my parents grew up in this town called uh, Taft. It's like this. It's like a ghost town now, but it was a, like an oil mining town. It's like 130 miles north of Los Angeles. But it's it's all desert and like oil, oil drilling towns. Did you go uh, desert rat when you were in San Diego? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Riding the three wheelers and shit? No, not not like that, but uh, dirt roads in my truck, yeah. Nice. It's a, a lot of people don't realize that how how awesome San Diego is in terms yeah. of being able to go from the ocean to the mountains, like where there's snow within a half hour, yeah, twenty minutes, and then all of a sudden you're in this humongous rad desert, you know, or from the woods, the high desert, the woods. We have all those things within forty five minutes. It's pretty wild. <laughs> It's, it's kind of wild. I was just thinking about how wild it must have been when that was the ocean. Yeah. There's, uh, I went on some, uh, some nature, <laughs> some, some like guided nature tour and they were like showing us these like seashells and stuff in the, in the mountains, in the desert. Yeah. It's crazy. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, are you, are you an oil painter or acrylic painter? I do. I do oil painting and I do gouache, um, gouache on paper and they're, you know, sep they're totally separate. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a, you know, I talk a lot about how I have, a, um, 
I have almost like a formula that I go through when I'm making works that to me it's I make the same painting over and over again it just turns out looking different it's just I'm mm -hmm. going through the same sort of steps that I go through do you have do you have like a a set of stages that you you follow when when starting a work into completion um yeah I spend a lot of time looking at images and figuring out what images I'm I'm looking at and trying to filter through it and figure out which um what images I'm interested in, in using and then how I'm going to use it that's a that take, that's a time consuming part of the process and then uh, when I actually work I work really draw really fast but my my entire process just got completely um deconstructed because I, I, have, I haven't been painting for five months I'm making these fabric collages right now in the studio so it's all cutting fabric and uh, gluing them in like a collage format right can we talk about that or is that top yeah, secret yeah yeah what uh how did that come about last uh, spring I, I went out to Oklahoma where my aunt lives I like to go out there like once a year or so and um so I'm where my mom's from originally and uh, my aunts all are really into these kind of like craft craft stuff like making like faux faux furniture and quilts and you know decor for the their house and the yard and um I, it's in, I, I like watching them work but I, I can't, can't really get into it myself but they kind of talked me into making a quilt last spring and um but you know I wasn't doing what they were doing I was just like I'll make a quilt watch me and like mm -hmm. uh, cutting up fabric and just gluing it down and uh, I made this Grace Jones quilt and they all thought that was totally bananas you know but it was really fun and then it just kind of stuck in my head and I made a couple more and then like six months later, I'm like, uh, maybe I should just get into this. Yeah, that's right. It's awesome when things sort of happen naturally like that or just sort of accidentally. I noticed that I there was something, I think I saw an installation, a photo of an installation, and it looked like there was some, uh, some patterning work mm -hmm. that you had painted out. I think I... Is, for you, do you feel like after doing so much figurative work that you need to sort of release some of that after a while? Like to move into some sort of less strict figurative? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, compositionally and subject matter, yeah. But it always comes back in. But um, I'm trying to abstract it, like, I don't know, abstract the figuration more. And yeah, the patterning is re was a really nice break from that. Like making the quilt patterns and then actually making the quilt or kind of was kind of a, a step into that direction. Yeah. And there's something about, uh, you know, there's something um, that ties you to your roots from that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially yeah. doing it with family members. Wait, say that again, sir? I said, especially being able to do those things with family members. Yeah, yeah, my, my mother is a professional quilter, so it's it's really funny. I mean, I've been around it my whole life, so it's really, it's really perverse to get even get involved with it in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring your A game too, right? Yeah. <laughs> I I've I've talked to uh, a few female artists uh, artists this past couple weeks. I talked to Mel Cadell. Um, I talked to Megan O'Toole, who does uh, my Love for You blog, mm -hmm. um, and we've been talking about how what what it's like for for women in the art world. I think. It's kind of, and I had mentioned that we're probably around the same age, and I, I was, I'm, I'm really impressed, kind of, or even surprised that you, you were able to, uh, sort of stay outside of this like pop surrealism sort of school that a lot of people of our generation have, have melded into. 
it seems like you for sure have your own thing that you kind of stand out aside. Do you find any issues uh, dealing with males in terms of like gallery owners or, or do you find any certain issues that you face being a female artist that maybe males don't, don't experience? Cause there's a few, there's a few different angles here that like, I'd like to go, like, I really want to, I think this is an issue that we should probably, that I, that I want to elaborate on and make neither males nor females sound shitty about it. You know, like not like a, like a con, like a male versus female thing. Because I think that's what it turns into a lot of times. Well, I think when it just comes to, I've just noticed in like business matters that I, I'm definitely like uh, very like easygoing and like uh, trying like you know, you know, flexible and trying to be nice and like relate to the situation. Where I've noticed that you know, male artists are more like, oh, like hey, like in your face, um, trying to kind of bully people into thinking they're the coolest or. So just that's just like a business attitude thing that I noticed because I'm not very uh, I'm pretty like relaxed. I don't know. Yeah, I, well, you know, I think a lot of artists, creative types in general, <laughs> regardless of genitalia, are pretty laid back. <laughs> What's our say it again? Sorry? I think I think uh, artists, regardless of genitalia, are are pretty laid back for the most part. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> like creative types in general. Well, what about you know like we were talking about group shows and how how oftentimes we, we see like the all female group shows. And then we were talking about how like, we'll see a group show and it'll be 10 males and one or two females. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't, yeah, I don't like all female shows. You want to elaborate on that? I mean, I just, well, uh, now, here's what I, my, what I've been saying in the, the episodes is that it's sort of, it's, it's kind of condescending or it's kind of like a backhanded compliment sort of. Kind of like a little slap in the face. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I I've, I've said no to multiple invites for all female shows. Mm-hmm. Just just not interested in that frame. It, it doesn't. I don't know. How does it? What? How do you feel? Uh, like when you know? What What are your thoughts behind not wanting to do something like that? Because it just doesn't have anything to do with the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just as likely that my work would like conceptually make sense with a male artist just just because maybe i'm using you know it's strong female subject matter i mean it doesn't matter that i'm a female making it i don't think and i I totally agree with you what do you think that imbalance is when we see a a group show of 10 male artists and one or two female artists do you i'm trying to figure out if i think it's this bullying masculine energy i'm not really can't, I don't know how to articulate it exactly, but it's like masculine art. It's serious. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny because there's so there's so much art out now that's so not serious. You know, it's it's totally like uh, fantasy and kind of goofy and more about like an underlining joke than uh, than any real serious stuff. But that's sort of it, again into that like pop surrealism sort of realm i've been trying to figure out you know because it's it's easy to look at it as one of like that uh like male dominance like ego thing i'm wondering if the correspondence to like the percentage like the number of female artists that are working full-time as as female artists are is it 10 10 to 1 
you know, male to you mean female. More female artists, the male artists working. Yeah. Do you think there's there's the that the let's say the percent let's say the percentage is ten to one on a random group show. Do you think the percentage of of female to male working artists is ten to one, or do you think that ratio is skewed? I and I don't I don't know either way really. I don't, I don't ever notice that there's more of either. I mean, working artists, but yeah. in shows, yeah, seems like there's um it could be more mixed up. Yeah. And I talked to I talked to Megan about this. I, I made a, a analogy to um, to music in terms of um, of having something that I relate to. To where when I, for instance, when I listen to a male artist, like a male lyricist, there might be something in the lyrics that uh, I relate to from a more personal experience. Whereas um, a female's personal experience, I may not relate to as well. It doesn't mean that I don't appreciate the music or the lyrics. Like I can appreciate that, like a value in it. Yet I may be more prone to gravitate towards the lyricist who, whose personal experiences are more correlate to my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we look in the the art world, if a majority of the gallery owners are males or the curators were males, would we see a higher tendency to lean towards showing artists who they relate to? You know, and I think from a curator's perspective, they should be able to look past that, like be mindful enough to be to look past that for the viewer's perspective. But I wonder if, if those things happen sometimes with maybe some of these like, you know, brick and mortar type gallery situations. Well, I think it's especially like the kind of um, the work you're talking about, like like kind of Bay Area pop surrealism is very it's very like it's very like specific people who are making that kind of work and liking it. But, um, Which sort of that gets back to that thing that we were talking about, like how we what we see out in the world is what sort of dictates where we go with our with our pathways, like so many of us in in our generation particularly within males you know involved in like the skate surf scene and the the you know looking at t-shirt and skateboard graphics for 10 years and just being heavily influenced by that it's easy to see a lot of these type of people move into those things and graffiti and and all those things that sort of came along in the 80s and 90s yeah but i, I mean i guess i just think that a lot of that is it's just trends repeating trends and it's not about anyone really personally relating to it after a while as a whole do you mean you still there yeah we glitch out yeah i just got the new um the new skype and i don't know how to use it as good yeah i know i did too it's at the bottom oh there we go you're back do you do you get involved in any commercial work um i did i I, uh for a few years i was doing i did several illustration jobs that was really fun I did. I did three jobs for the New York Times Sunday Magazine, and I did a a book review illustration job for the San Francisco Chronicle, nice. and a couple other magazine jobs. Is is that anything? Do you uh, do you go out searching for those things, or are you are you still open to doing that sort of stuff? I love it. All those things magically came to me. I don't understand how it happened. I would love to keep doing it, but I noticed when the kind of the market crash happened that that just stopped. Yeah, and it, the sort of death of magazines has not yeah. been very good either in newspapers. Yeah, that was um, kind of a bummer. It's a really, I, I really enjoy doing that kind of work. It's fun. Uh, do you is there do you disconnect from 
excuse me. Do you disconnect that from your personal work, or are you, are you able to sort of counterbalance both equally in terms of uh, like content? Um, everyone I've worked with who's approached me has been so awesome. Like, like we know you're an artist, you're not an illustrator, and that we picked your work because we like what you do and the way you do it, and we're like just had this awesome attitude. I was like, wow, okay, great. Yeah. And so you, so you're open to do more of those in the future if they if they come along. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Was your show in Berlin recently? It was uh, December 2009. I was talking to uh, Kevin Earl Taylor about how, how great Berlin was, and I've never been. What, uh, what's the art scene like out there? Well, there's just so many galleries, and there's so many artists, and um, it just seems like everyone's excited about it. Is it, uh, is it both young people and old people? Yeah, there's a lot of young people in Berlin, but yeah. And, you know, in terms of, like, the people who are going and, and supporting the work. At my opening, it was an older crowd, but in Berlin, there's, you know, kids running running loose everywhere. Do you think your work uh, attracts an, an older... I think it was the, gal- I think it was the, the gallery audience. Yeah. I mean, they've been... Hamish Morrison's been, he's been around since the 90s. Do you have any gallery shows coming up anytime soon? Um, yeah, I'm having a, a solo show at, um, Eleanor Harwood, um, this fall. Nice. And that, that's in LA, right? I was in San Francisco. San Francisco. That's right. I'm sorry. Um, and what, what are you, are you going to show some of the quilt work or the, uh, collage work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it's going to be all, all the, all this totally new work. Yeah. And you'll have paintings too? Uh, I think not. Oh, that's. That's a big joke. That's it's an awesome. I I like when people. I'm not. I don't want to say risk because it sounds like it, it sounds risky. But I like that uh, people take uh, chances. Does chances sound any better than risks? Um, it's, both sound good to me. But every, everyone, um, everyone who I mean, not everyone. I've, I've gotten many comments where people are like, "Wow, it really translates." Like, like very surprised or. That it is translating. One of the <laughs> into the fabric work. Is that another one of those backhanded compliments? Um, I mean, I mean I'm glad. So. Yeah, we take we take where we can get them, right? <laughs> um, let's plug uh, your website or maybe some of your your internet spots where people can go check out your work. My personal website. Yeah. Yeah, alikacooper.com. You want to spell it for the people like me who don't know how to spell. It's uh, Alika Cooper, A-L-I-K-A-C-O-O-P-E-R.com. Cool. And I, I do a blog for, for each episode, and I'll put the links, and I'll show some of your work and your photos. Can I take a picture? with? Can I do a screenshot? Are you okay with that? Yeah. Let me, let me move my ugly mug to the side. But I'll probably grab a picture off the Internet to put okay. in the blog. But I like to get these just for, for history's sake. Yeah, but thank you very much for doing the show. I, I appreciate it. Oh, thanks. And uh, I look forward to uh, to seeing the show coming up. When when was the show in, in San Francisco? Uh, the dates are actually uh, still being switched around a little bit, but it's it'll either be late summer or uh, early fall, I believe. So hopefully okay. September. I'm not sure. All right, yeah. nice. Well, well, we'll make sure to uh, to get that stuff out there on the on the interweb so that people know to go check that out. Right, awesome. And I look forward to, uh, to to definitely seeing that work and seeing where you go with all your, your new experiences. Okay. Cool. Well, have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Don't see the song.